0: Welcome to Energy Analyst Talk, a podcast from ESAI
1: Energy. Welcome to Energy Analyst Talk. On today's episode, we'll look at the ongoing tensions between U.S. and China. Although a trade agreement was struck a few months back, the impact of COVID-19 on oil markets has changed the feasibility of the energy portion of the deal while also increasing tensions via a political blame game over the spread of the virus. As markets start to recover, and with the U.S. elections around the corner, ESAI Energy Analyst for Asian Markets, Yao Wu, joins us to discuss the strained relationship. Yao, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Jake. So Yao, can you tell us a little more about the U.S.-China trade deal?
0: Well, the U.S.-China Phase 1 trade agreement entered into force in mid-February, It is basically a ceasefire after 18 months of negotiations and trade war between the two countries, and both parties agreed upon whatever could be agreed at the moment and left the more challenging issues in the potential phase two negotiation. The phase one agreement covers intellectual property, technology transfer, uh, exchange rate, access barriers to China's financial sector and expansion of China's purchase of agricultural products, manufactured goods, energy and services from the US.
1: That covers quite a range of topics. Of course, being an energy-focused podcast, we're most interested in the energy portion. So what does the trade deal say about that? It requires
0: China to import an additional $52 billion worth of energy products against the 2017 baseline over 2020 and 2021. Specifically, China shall import an additional $18.5 billion uh, above the 2017 levels uh, for this year. These products include LNG, crude oil, LPG, ethane, naphtha,
1: methanol, pet coke, and coal. So as far as I know, during the trade war, China increased tariffs on these products to uh, 30% for LPG, 25% for LNG and methanol, and 5% for crude oil. Were those removed?
0: The Chinese government granted waivers so punitive tariffs no longer apply to these products from the US. For example, the import tariffs for US LPG is lowered to just 1%, same as supplies from the Middle East. As a result, Chinese importers purchased 110,000 barrels per day of crude oil and around 100,000 barrels per day of LPG, mostly propane, in March, according to EIA data.
1: And do you see these initial purchases to be on track to meet the requirement in the trade deal?
0: The short answer is no. We prepared a hypothetical shopping list for China to get to the $18.5 billion additional purchase over 2017 levels. It is included in our China Trade Watch publication this week. Basically, we looked at uh, U.S. exports to China in 2017 of each of the energy products as a baseline and then analyzed How much China would need to buy this year to fulfill that obligation? We consider China's demand as well as pricing for these products at the moment to come up with reasonable increases. Our conclusion is that it is unrealistic for China to meet that $18.5 billion increase because prices fell a lot from when the treaty was signed. Now China would need to buy 1.3 million barrels per day of crude oil from the U.S., and previously, its highest monthly U.S. oil imports were just 470,000 barrels per day before the trade war. It is just hard to imagine China would raise it to anything over 1 million barrels per day. For that purpose, it would have to replace its total oil imports from West Africa, where it gets the bulk of its light, sweet crude oil.
1: So if it's not feasible, can they renegotiate the terms?
0: Maybe. Maybe. Chapter 7 of the trade deal sets a mechanism for bilateral evaluation and dispute resolution. There is also an article in the chapter that says, in the event that a natural disaster or other unforeseeable event outside the control of the parties uh, delays a party from timely complying with its obligations under this agreement, the parties shall consult with each other. I wonder if the impact of COVID-19 could qualify for that purpose. However. Given the current tensions between Washington and Beijing, I tend to believe that A, China is not willing to make a strong push to fulfill the energy purchase requirements, and B, there may not be just enough goodwill between the two parties to further negotiate.
1: You bring up a good point. U.S.-China relations have deteriorated because of COVID-19.
0: Yes, there was a mutual blame over the origin and handling of the virus, and it is likely to worsen in the second half of the year, because the pandemic will surely be a major issue in the U.S. presidential election, President Trump will likely need to deflect uh, the blame for the recession Desktop And also, Beijing approved national security laws in Hong Kong to crack down activities deemed as separatism and subversion of state power. And Washington responded with a threat to revoke Hong Kong's favored trade status with the U.S. And moreover, um, Beijing's accelerated activities on the artificial islands in the South China Sea also create possibility for confrontation there. And these developments sets the tone for increasing U.S.-China tensions in the rest of the year, which is already reflected in issues such as uh, the Huawei export controls and flight ban disputes recently. Last week, Singapore's Prime Minister Lee published an article on foreign affairs titled The Endangered Asian Century, in which he said, it cannot be taken for granted that the United States and China will manage their bilateral relations based on rational calculations of their national interests or even share a design for win-win outcomes. The countries are not necessarily set on the course of confrontation, but confrontation cannot be ruled out. I agree with his point. Although we still expect Beijing to manage its rivalry with the U.S. with accommodation where possible, This year's challenges are so thorny that one cannot rule out the chance for further escalation.
1: So from the sounds of it, would you say the trade deal is at risk?
0: I think so. Just talking about energy here, in the past two years, China's energy imports from the U.S. have been highly sensitive to relations between the two countries. For example, imports of crude oil uh, from the U.S. Uh, were suspended between August 2018 and January 2019, and again from October 2019 to recently. Every time when trade disputes escalated, it happened. So this year, China will not fulfill the energy portion based on its sheer volume, as we discussed earlier. It may still import a high amount in some months, perhaps up to about 500,000 barrels per day of crude oil, for example. But imports will be on and off, just as what happened in 2018,
1: 2019. It's quite the situation. Hopefully, tensions will ease without escalation. As always, thanks for joining us, Yao. Thank you,
0: Jake. Thank you for joining us on Energy Analyst Talk, a podcast from ESAI Energy.